Welcome to this week's sermon from Spark. We are a community who believes we are deeply loved by God and seek to welcome, support, love, and serve every person we meet. We hope this message has something for you today. All right, so we have been in a, new se- or in a series for a little while here talking about resurrection, right? What's resurrection mean? Live again, new life, right? And we've talked about different stories. We started this on Easter, right, because that's very obvious. You know, Jesus came back to life, so that's resurrection. But we've been exploring the ways that God gives us new life in little and big ways all the time, right, that God is constantly at work in our life. So I'm curious, as we've been talking about this, does anyone have examples of the ways that they've seen new life, resurrection, in their life recently, whether personally or just in the world or around them or here on campus? Anybody have any examples they'd like to share of new life? Yes. Yes, nature. Man, this weekend the, the weather was like beautiful. I know it gave me new life to kind of spend some time outside and resting, um, and that was rejuvenating for me and gave me a little bit of a resurrection. Yes. Yeah, so it was supposed to storm, but it gave us you know, a new opportunity when the this, this sun came out and you got to still do things outside. That's great. Uh, I shared this with the last group that I had a, a lemon tree plant that someone had given me, and I thought maybe I had killed it because I have a habit of doing that. And it had turned, all the leaves had fallen off, and it had turned like a twig. And I was like, oh, no, it's gone. But it now has all new leaves on it, and it's very exciting. And I was like, yes, I see a resurrection a lot in plants. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But maybe one of you has gotten a new opportunity in the last week or a new chance or a second chance or even something simple as, you know, you got a corrective and you got a second chance to do something afterwards. That might be sound silly, but that's a little bit of new life every day, right? So we're going to read another story of someone who experiences resurrection and gets an entirely new chance at life today. And this is coming from the book of Luke Chapter 8, once it loads, maybe. There it goes. Jesus and his disciples sailed to the Gerasenes land, which is across the lake from Galilee. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a certain man met him. The man was from the city and was possessed by demons. For a long time he had lived among the tombs, naked and homeless, and when he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down before him. Then he shouted, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. He said this because Jesus had already commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had taken possession of him, so it would, he would be bound with leg irons and chains and placed under guard. But he would break the restraints, and the demon would force him into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had entered him. They, the demons, pleaded with Jesus not to order them to go back to the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and Jesus gave them permission. And the demons left the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the cliff into the lake and drowned. 
When those who, had, who tended the pigs saw what happened, they ran away and told the story in the city, and people came to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone. And he was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully dressed and completely in his right mind. They were filled with awe. Those people who had actually seen what happened told them about how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And then everyone gathered from the region of the Gerasenes and asked Jesus to leave their area because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and returned across the lake. But the man whom the demons had gone out of begged to come along with Jesus as one of his disciples. And Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell the story of what God has done for you. So he went throughout the city proclaiming what Jesus had done for him. So before we get too far into this, I want to take a minute to address this topic of demons, right? Because they're, like I've said to you all before, I don't want to just tell you what to think, right? But I want to give you some different ways of thinking about this so that you can kind of explore that for yourself. There are different ways of understanding this idea of demons. For some, it means a literal um, being or spirit or energy that is at work in the world that maybe we can't see, right? And that there's this spiritual realm at which things are trying to kind of get in our way, particularly of knowing God, of living the way that God wants us to. And so there are things that are going to come at us to try to prevent that. And so some people call those things demons and they name them that. Um, and that they're actually kind of at work in the world. Another way we can think about it is kind of metaphorically, right? Does everyone know what a metaphor is? Like if something is moving as slow as a snail, we're not saying that that thing is actually as a snail. We're talking, we're comparing it to something else, right? So we can use this word demons to talk about anything, like I just said, that's negative, that's kind of getting in our way, that we struggle with, that is impeding our relationship with God, that is preventing us from living the fullness of our life the way that God intends us, right? And I know a lot of times, a lot of music I've heard, especially in rap music, you hear um, artists talking about wrestling with their demons or struggling with their demons. And so that's a way in our language that we talk about those things that are kind of really big, that we know we don't have full control over and that we don't know what to do with them, and so we name them demons, okay? So you can think about it that way. Another thing we need to have in our minds to understand when we read this is that for a long, long time in our history of human beings, um, whenever someone was sick, we had an understanding that there was some type of spirit that was not good that was in their body. And so for a long, long time, historically, before we understood science, we thought of everything spiritually, right? We thought of um, people who had the flu or a sneeze or anything as having some type of spirit within them that needed to go away. And so, for example, when someone sneezes today, what do we say? Bless you, right? And we say that because long, long time ago, we thought if someone was sneezing or had some type of illness, that there was something evil or negative in their body. And so we'd say, bless you, God bless you, as a way to like, hey, I hope that thing comes out and power of God to get it out your body, right? So we are beings that have mind, body, spirit, right? We're complicated in that way. We have spirits and we have a soul. And so we do have this element of our life that is something that we can't really, it's mystery, 
right? That's where God comes in, is kind of this mysterious thing beyond ourselves. And so just open that out to you to reflect on as we hear the story of the man who's possessed by demons, is you can interpret that in some different kinds of ways based on your faith background, sometimes even culturally. There are a lot of cultures that really put a lot of um, importance on this kind of spiritual thing. So throwing that out there for you. However, when we read this story, what's most important for us to understand is that the story is not about the demons, right? This story is about Jesus, and it's about Jesus's ability to overcome and cast out those demons, evil spirits, negative energy, whatever you want to call it, right? And when you look back at this chapter in the book of Luke, right before this happens, Jesus does the thing where he calms the storm. The disciples are on the boat. There's this big, crazy storm that's happening. They're lightning and thunder. And Jesus is like, this is a great time for a nap. And he's taking a nap on the boat. And the disciples are like, Jesus, why are you sleeping? The whole sky is falling. And we might fall over in this boat. And it's going to tip over. And we're going to drown. And it's going to be awful. And Jesus wakes up and just goes, peace be still. And everything becomes still. And so we see in this chapter and in this story that the writer is trying to continue to show us that Jesus is all-powerful, that Jesus has power over everything, over nature, over the spiritual things, over all things, right? And that is what's most important here in this story. The demon, whatever, whatever, right? Most important thing is that Jesus has the power to overcome all of that. And so when Jesus comes onto the, this island, this town, and this man confronts him, this man is clearly suffering, right? He's been literally living in the place where we bury people. He's been living among the tombs. And we can think about that as a metaphor, right? That his life is dead. He's been living in the tombs. He's been suffering. He doesn't have clothes. People don't know what to do with him because he's been having these kind of rages and manic episodes. And there have been times where they've tried to like bind him, to try to control him. They've tried to help him, but nothing working. And then Jesus comes up on the scene and he says, what is your name? And the man replies what? What is the name he gives? Legion. Legion. He doesn't even give his own name. He doesn't say, hi, I'm Mike, John, Peter, Joe, whatever. He says, I am Legion. And I wonder how long it took for this man's identity to become bound up in that thing that was, he was possessed with that struggle that he had, right? And I think we do that sometimes. We get so steeped in the negative thing that's going on in our life that we think that 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 we are is whatever we're struggling with. So it'd be like me coming up to you and you being like, hi, Pastor Madeline, my name is depression. Or hi, Pastor Madeline, my name is fear. Or hi, I am addiction. Or hi, I am a kid in foster care. Or hi, I am guilt or shame or unwanted, whatever the thing is, I'm lonely, right? That would be what this encounter would be like, is you coming up and being like, this is who I am. And that is not who you are, right? We are so much more than that thing that we're struggling with. Our identity is not wrapped up in that thing that we're struggling with, but we have to acknowledge that sometimes there are those things that are outside of us that we really grapple with, that we wrestle with, that we don't know what to do with. 
And here in this story, we see that Jesus casts that out, that Jesus sends it into the herds of pigs, which is kind of bizarre, right? Like, there's just some pigs doing mind their own business, and Jesus is like, hey, all you spirits, go over there. And for a Jewish reader, so the person who would believe in the same God that we do, that would see Jesus as a prophet and a teacher, for them, sending spirits into a pig was not a super big deal because they didn't eat pork. So it was kind of like, okay, those pigs can go, and that's fine, right? Not, not really a, a big loss for them because they didn't eat the pigs. But for the people in the town where Jesus was, Jesus just threw all their bacon in the lake. And they were mad, right? They were like, Jesus, that was like 200 pigs. That's a lot of food, right? And it just went into the lake. And so that's where you see that the people's response to what's happened is they're afraid. You just took a bunch of our resources and you just threw them away, essentially. And so they come and they come to find out what happened, right? Because if you imagine that you're out just out in the field, you might not be able to see Jesus and the man, but you just see 100 pigs like running into the lake, that's really bizarre. That's not something that happens ordinarily. And so you go and you get all your friends, come see what's happened, all the, all the pigs are gone. And when you get there, you find Jesus with this man who is well. This man you've probably known of for years. Maybe you've helped, try to help him to feel better and you couldn't do anything about it and you see him sitting clothed, just like, hi, how's it going? And you haven't seen that man in a really long time. And it kind of doesn't sit well with people. They're like, this is weird, right? Yeah, it's strange. But this man, his life is transformed. It's changed. That thing, he, he probably at that point had given up and thought that that was all his life was ever going to be. And here he's given a new opportunity, so much so that when Jesus goes to leave, take me with you. I want to become one of your disciples. I want to follow you. I want to be with you. And Jesus says, no, which is weird, maybe, right? We're kind of like, well, why would Jesus say no to this guy? But he says to stay, right? Because he wants him to go around and this good news to share his experience of what had happened with everyone in his town city land. And this man who had once literally been living among the dead in the tombs, at the tombs, couldn't function through a day, is now walking around preaching to the whole area of people who've never heard who God is. His life is completely changed. And this man, the person who then shares for the first time this faith, the reason why people in that area come to know about God is because of this man. And so when we think about those things in our life that we're struggling with, whether it be depression or anxiety or addiction or like being in the foster care system or loneliness or feeling like we don't have family or whatever the thing is, we have hope because we believe in a Jesus who is powerful enough to overcome all of that. And it's really hard because we want this moment to happen, right? We want it to be instantaneous. And for a lot of us, it's not that instantaneous. There may come a day where it is. There may come a day where you leave this place and you do find yourself in a family. There may come a day where you have learned how to manage your depression and so you can feel whole again. That day may come, but it's going to take a journey to get there, right? Yes. You have to work at it. But here we see that Jesus has that power. 
And so when we have kids who come here to the children's home, and just in general, I would say, we, I talked about earlier how we are human beings that have a mind, who have a body, have a spirit, right? And we believe here at the home in providing holistic care, which means for the whole being, which means we want to provide care for your body, for your head, and for your soul. So when you come here, we make sure that you have food to eat, and we make sure you have clothes to, to wear, and we make sure you have a bed to sleep in, and we make sure that you have recreation so you can have fun and move your body. We make sure that you can meet with a nutritionist so you know what kinds of things you should eat. And then we also take care of your mind, right? You have therapy that you go to. You have go to school where you can learn and grow in new things. You have the teaching family model, which I know you all roll your eyes about, but it teaches you new skills, right, that you didn't have before. And then you come here, and this place is where we care for your spirit, where we help you to see that there's something beyond yourself, where we help you to find that inner peace when there's nothing but chaos, where we help you to fill that spot in your heart or in your being that you've tried to fill with a bunch of other stuff and nothing really seems to make any difference. And we call that God. And we help you to look out at the world and to see the goodness that God made and see the goodness that God made in you. And then we want you to be people who love neighbors the way that God loved you and to go out into the world and do good and serve, and all of that is important. So don't hear me today saying that like, well, Madeline said that Jesus will fix it, so that's I just gotta wait on Jesus to fix it, right? We gotta go to therapy, we gotta take our meds, we gotta do all the things, go to school, learn new stuff. And we have to pray and bring those things to God. Because maybe that's, right? Maybe you've been doing a good job taking care of your body and your mind but you haven't been tending to this part, to your spirit. And so Jesus offers that to this man. And I wonder if that's what he'd been missing all along, right? People were trying to take care of him, body and mind, but no one had been tending to his spirit. And so Jesus offers him, and Jesus overcomes that struggle for him. And so today, my invitation to you is maybe to ask to reveal those things to you that you might be struggling with. Maybe you're listening to this, you're like, Pastor Marlon, there's just this thing, and I wrestle with it all the time, and I don't know what to do with it. And so the invitation today is to bring that to God and to invite God to be at work in whatever that is so that you can overcome it together. And so during this next song, you're going to have the opportunity to do prayer requests. We have little slips of paper up here on the altar rail. If you're in Madison and you're watching this, I'd like for us to pray for you. Um, if you want to let your staff know what your prayer requests are, and you can email them to us, we'll pray for you this week. The Mr. Blake, Miss Betty, and I will pray for you. If you're here and you want to use the prayer wall, that's that thing that's over there with all the colors on it, um, you write your prayer request in there and you tuck it into the ribbon if you want us to read it. If you don't want us to read it, wall is hollow, you can push it through and it will stay in there and it will stay between you and God. So we're going to invite you to do that during this next song, but first let us pray. God, we are so grateful that you are all powerful, that no matter what comes our way, God, that because we believe in you and because you dwell within us, we can overcome all things. God, I pray that in this moment the Spirit would call to mind those things in our lives and in our hearts that where we need your help, those things that are not of you, 
those things that we struggle with and wrestle with all the time, those things that seem bigger than us, God, that your spirit would intercede on our behalf, that we would learn to let go of them, to bring them to you, so that you can do your healing work within us. I pray that you would continue to do that work in the lives of each person gathered here. We love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, follow the link in the description below. Peace be with you. And also you.